And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eric Andrus, and this is How to Be a Grown-Up Presents Celeste Kaufman. Celeste is an Alabama-based, professionally licensed counselor and the brilliant driving force behind Quiet Mind Collective, an online tool to help those that struggle with anxiety. She is a powerful voice for positivity and self-empowerment in the health and wellness sphere. I had the privilege of having Celeste as a guest on this show in May of 2016, and I knew then that I needed to help ensure as many people as possible could benefit from her wonderful message. Her work in her practice and her online presence has helped people the world over to push themselves towards calm and empowered daily routines. Her show will take many different shapes, but will always be dedicated to helping you live the happy, healthy and productive life that you deserve to be living. So let's sit back, let's relax and listen to Celeste Kaufman and let's learn to live our life on purpose. Hey guys, this is Celeste Kaufman. Welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. I am so excited today to have NJ Rongner with me. NJ is a regular podcaster over at the Boss Mom Podcast, which is how I met her, and I am super excited to have her today. Welcome, NJ. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, too. Awesome. And so let me just tell the audience a little bit about NJ. When NJ isn't busy taking the internet by storm or chasing her children, she can be found drinking the entire pot of coffee, watching Gilmore Girls, she's a girl after my own heart, or scrolling through Instagram. And NJ actually would love to connect with you at Instagram, on Instagram at a cookie before dinner. And that's a cookie, the letter B, the number four, dinner. And that's also your website too, right, NJ? Yeah, that's my website is a cookiebeforedinner.com, but there it's spelled the normal way. Oh, before it's spelled all the way out. Yes. Awesome. And so tell um, the audience a little bit about what you do over at um, your blog. Oh, sure. Um, so I am the founder of A Cookie Before Dinner, which is a locally focused lifestyle and parenting blog that is designed to be specifically useful to the parents and caregivers who live in my community. So the, if you go there, you're going to find recommendations for the cool playgrounds. You're going to find information about holiday events, and you're going to find um, just general cool things to know about living where I live in Western Mass, Massachusetts. But if you don't wear, live where I live, um, you're also going to really love it because I talk about heart issues and um, 
food that your kids will actually eat and other parenting topics. So it's the best of both worlds. I love that, NJ. You know, I live in a really tight-knit community, too, really small community, and um, I was so impressed by the calendar that you've recently created um, with all those different events in your neighborhood and and in your area for parents. It's just really, really cool, and I love that um, everything that you do is so relationship-oriented, and that's why I really wanted to talk with you today about um, our, our theme, which is toxic relationships. So that's one that we, uh, when I'm here on this show, we sort of do a how-to, and I'm kind of known for, I think, giving our audience some tips on how to deal with those kinds of, um, these kind of little quandaries that come up. And so we hear about toxic relationships a lot, and I've even heard you talk about boundaries and that kind of thing. I'm just wondering, how do you kind of personally define a toxic relationship? Um, well, for me, I define a toxic relationship as a relationship that stresses me out to be a part of, or a relationship where after I spend time with you, I feel poorly about myself. Really good. Really good. Because sometimes you walk away from an encounter with somebody and, and you just don't feel quite right, or I don't. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens with friends, I think, in particular, um, where you might be friends with somebody that you've known since childhood, but for whatever reason, their their relationship to you has changed, and now they find joy in making you feel bad about yourself. Absolutely. So it can completely be purposeful. I mean, people can definitely be purposeful in just wanting to, I don't some people love the drama, do you think? Is that part of it? Uh, yes and no. I think some people love the drama. Um, in particular, there's somebody in my life who really has a flair for the dramatic. And it isn't because she is coming from a place of toxicity. It's because she's legitimately coming from a place where she loves drama. Um, yeah. So, you know, it might be one of those things where... I'm at the Thanksgiving table and I have to sign a card for Aunt Susie's second cousin's niece's wife's husband because they have cancer. Oh, gosh. You know, like, but it's like, you know, it's a big deal to her. Yeah. She really internalizes things that happen, even if they're kind of distant down the, down the way from her. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know this person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a good point. You know, that's not really, I guess, what we can consider toxic. I mean, the drama, in that way, you're sort of drawn into the drama, but I guess not so much that it probably affects your daily life, right? I mean, if you right. sign a card for somebody that you don't know, then it's like, okay, fine, I just signed a card. But I guess maybe toxicity in a relationship is more like, wait a second, how come I'm totally embroiled in this drama all at once and I really didn't want to be? And it makes me feel a way that I'm really not comfortable feeling. Yeah, I think that that happens, it happens more often than we think, and I think what we have to do is to really, to really sit down with ourselves and to get to the heart of how that person is making us feel. Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes, like, you're like, oh, that playground mom, she sucks. Like, <laughs> Why is she always judging me about my goldfish crackers? Because she has Annie's organic crackers. <laughs> you know, like, but what is but but if you don't ever stop to think and evaluate your relationships that you have with people, there might be ones where they are toxic and you just let them go because you think that person's just a jerk. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm the crazy one. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty sane in most avenues, but sometimes I'll walk away from an encounter and I'm, I'm thinking, am I going crazy? Why do I feel, why all of a sudden am I um, ruminating over something that, that that person just said? Or why am I, you know, like you said, going to, <clears throat> you know, the grocery store and looking at all the goldfish crackers and evaluating and sort of choosing um, to put my self-worth on what kind of crackers I'm buying. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that what happens is sometimes you're in relationship with somebody and they don't even know that their behavior is toxic. It's not like they woke up this morning and decided that they wanted to ruin your life. It's that they have something that they are internally struggling with and they're projecting their own struggles and their own self-worth onto you because you're in relationship with them. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, we, we did mention briefly that it can be intentional. I mean, it makes me think of that movie, Mean Girls. I was just sending that out to my community yesterday. The whole, we only wear sweatpants on Fridays. You're only allowed to wear a ponytail this certain day. That's definitely a toxic relationship, but that's intentional. But it's a great point that sometimes those relationships are unintentional because the person either just has something going on with them internally or they don't know maybe how to manage close relationships well. Um, just, yeah, definitely things like that. So, you know, okay, so that's my example from TV is, is the Mean Girls. If you, you guys in the audience haven't seen it, probably some of you are too young for that. But the movie Mean Girls is actually based on over, I think, a decade of research from a psychologist looking at girl bullying in school. And there's this awesome clip. You can look it up on YouTube. And, and um, I think you can, let me see, YouTube, maybe like a lunchroom scene, Mean Girls or something like that. And they, and they share that. So what about you, NJ? Do you have um, an example from either like real life or from TV that really um, embodies a toxic relationship as you would define it? Hmm. One in real life or TV. Um, you know what? I have somebody in my sphere mm -hmm. who is very, 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 very well educated. Hmm. They have gotten their, uh, they've gotten their undergrad from an Ivy League school and they've gotten their master's degree from um, another really top tier school. Mm -hmm. um, but they are choosing right now to be at home with their kids. Um, so they're not using their degree. They're, they're, they're home with their kids. And I don't have that same caliber of education. Mm -hmm. And I'm also home with my kids, but I've also created a business for myself. And so that person in particular, I think in some way feels, I don't know, threatened or jealous. I don't, I don't want to put the right, I don't want to put a word on her, Yeah, but, but she seems to have a problem with me hmm. and I have a feeling it has to do with the fact that she feels that she's better than me because she has more mm -hmm. um, education but is currently less successful. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. I think there have been times in my life where I've been in that position of this person you're talking about where I sort of was maybe, <clears throat> I guess, jealous or something in some ways, or somebody seemed more accomplished than me. And, you know, what I had to remember to get over that is that just because somebody else gets a bigger slice of the pie does not mean that I get a smaller one. The pie is infinitely big, 
you know, so that, um, and I think that did lead me to probably be toxic, you know, a decade ago when I was first starting my career and, and sort of wondering. So yeah, that's a great example. Thank you. <laughs> I expected nothing less from you, NJ. Oh, well, yeah. do what I can. So let's talk about um, some early warning signs or some red flags that maybe a relationship is likely to become toxic or harmful for either one or both parties. I mean, I think when we, um, when we first maybe enter a new relationship, maybe it's a romantic relationship, maybe it's a friendship, a business relationship. I feel like if that relationship becomes toxic later on, we can always look back to some early warning signs or some kind of red flags. And we think, gosh, I should have listened to my gut maybe at that point. Do you um, ever see any of those or can you think of any of those that, that um, might resonate with the audience? Um, the first one I can think of is it seems too good to be true. Mm. Um, especially if, if in a dating relationship, if it, if it, if it seems too good to be true and it is too good to be true, then chances are likely that that relationship is going to implode. Yeah. Um, just because quality relationships most of the time, and not, not to say every time, but most of the time, they develop, they develop over time. They don't just like you meet somebody and you fall in love the next day and the day after that you get married. You know, there's a process of getting to know someone. And so if it's, if it seems too good to be true, that would be um, one of the first, one of my first warning signs. Yeah, I think that's a good one because sometimes that indicates, I mean, there's a, there should be a normal kind of push and pull and tension in most relationships, I think, as you're getting to know one another. And so if it just seems so perfect, so, you know, everything is going to be amazing, amazing. Um, I mean, I was watching Friday Night Lights. Do you watch Friday Night Lights? I love Friday Night Lights. Oh, I just got into it. And so I'm, which is weird that I'm talking so much about TV today because I'm not a big TV watcher, but because of the Thanksgiving holiday that we just had, I, I did more TV than normal. But um, so yeah, the episode where Tyra falls in love with the cowboy cash, you know, and he's, um, and he's just so perfect. You know, he's telling her things like, Oh, well, it just takes the right woman to make me settle down. And I'm screaming to the TV. You've only known him for two weeks. <laughs> like, don't be crazy. He's not going to settle down. And then, you know, it doesn't take very long before she's asking him questions like, you know, are you going to be faithful to me on the road? And he's like, well, I'm going to try because I love you, you know, and, and, you know, in my head, these, these red flags and these warning bells are going off, but Tyra just doesn't see it, you know, and she really gets hurt. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's a huge one, a, a great red flag to think about. Any others that you, that you find really, um, seem to indicate that the relationship could be going a, a bad direction? Um, another one I think that really is another red flag is if, that person, if you are able to observe their other relationships and they are very contentious. Mm. Um, so if, if your friend has a really hard time getting along with her parents or her siblings or her mother or, you know, if everybody else seems like she's at constant war with them, chances are likely that she's the toxic one. Yeah, she's going to go to war with you pretty soon, right? I yeah. always tell my students that, you know, I go into a school for school counseling a couple times a week, and I tell them, you know, if I were going to pick 
<clears throat> if I were going to go into a forest and I wanted to find an apple tree, how would I know which tree was an apple tree? And so the way I would know that would be I would look for the fruit of what that tree is producing. You know, if it's producing lemons, then I know it's a lemon tree. But if it's producing oranges, it's an orange tree. If it's producing apples, it's an apple tree. And so I try to, to tell my students, you know, look to the fruit of what that person is producing because they just look like any other tree when you're looking at the forest. But when you sort of see what, what kind of fruit is being produced there, then you can kind of make a judgment call. And that, and you know, I think a lot of the maybe listeners and some of my students especially are kind of turned off by the idea of judgment. And I don't mean that in a way of putting, putting a label on somebody or, or, or hypothesizing in some way that you know enough about them to know their whole deal, for lack of a better word. But you can see, like you said, you can see the fruit of what's going on. And so, you know, if you've, if you've got this person who says, um, you know, hey, let's, let's, we're so much alike, let's just be best friends, let's, let's spend every day together. And then they start saying things like, um, well, you know, my last four best friends um, stabbed me in the back. And like, now we're not speaking. To me, that's a big warning sign. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and the other thing too is when you, the word judgment is so, I don't know, people don't like that word. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to use that word, you can think of like a filter. Like wow. when you put your coffee in the coffee maker, you put in a filter because you only want the good stuff. You don't want the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want the coffee grounds. You just want the good stuff. So if you think about that with relationships, like you have to have a filter where you decide the things that you are going to let through and let into your life and the things that you're not. That's amazing. I absolutely love that analogy for sure. Because being, you know, sometimes there are toxic people in our life that we can't get away from. You know, maybe it's a family member or, um, I don't know, you know, like a, a somebody that's a coworker that you have been assigned to work with for a certain amount of time. You don't have a lot of other options. I mean, sometimes there are toxic people, but you, like you said, you can filter through what you choose to allow into that relationship. And there's a good book. Um, let me see. I think it's, I can't think of her name, but the book is Boundaries and it has a pencil um, on the cover of it. You can find it on Amazon. But for me, that was life-changing because the author talks about just because somebody tries to put something on you does not mean that you have to let it stick, basically. You know, somebody can make a negative comment to you and you can choose to either try to defend yourself or try to prove them wrong or try to do everything in your power to make yourself... um, kind of bounce back from that. Or you can kind of say like, you know what, that's their issue. I don't even have to justify that with a response. Yeah. Um, and it's true. And I mean, everybody's going to have people in their life that you just have to have really tight boundaries around. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you have to be in relationship with this person. Maybe, you know, it is your family member or, a coworker, but that doesn't mean that you have to give away every piece of your heart and your soul to them. Um, you can put a very clear boundary that is like, you know what, this relationship is strictly professional. I wish that I could be in relationship with you and talk to you about my kids and my family, but this is a professional relationship. So unless you're coming to me with a work issue that you need resolved, like 
that that's all that I'm willing to go in with you. That's brilliant. Totally brilliant. I think that that is a, definitely a great example of, of a professional relationship. I've also had relationships in, um, <clears throat> you know, high school. I remember I have relationships with people where it's like, okay, I can sort of see the fruit of what you're producing is not exactly what I want for my life. Because I think I realized even at that time that people can drag you down, um, either purposefully or, you know, inadvertently. But um, I might say to that person, or not even say it, but I would have that boundary in my mind to say, we're just school friends. I'm doing air quotes here. We're just school friends. Like we're friends at school. We're friends in classes. But as far as going to hang out on the weekends or me possibly being in your car with you when you make some crazy decisions when you're driving, um, that's just not going to happen. You know, that, that's what that boundary kind of becomes. And that's really a lot easier than we think as long as we, like you said, apply that filter early on because we're, we're not, uh, it's not a lack of caring for other people. It's just a care for yourself. It's, it's taking care of what you need to do to be able to really invest in those relationships in your life that are not toxic, that are the most important to you that you want to go really well. Yeah. Um, I think it gets a little trickier with family members. I mean, with your family members, you can't be like, well, sorry, dad, this is a professional relationship. So <laughs> yeah. Email me. Um, but, but what you can do is, um, I know within my own family history, there's a lot of muck and there's a lot of mud and there's a lot, there's some hurts and there's just some things about my family story that, that are toxic that I wish that I could change. Um, but those pieces of my story are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's helped me deal with uh, toxic family members is, is to realize um, that a leopard doesn't change their spots. Sure. Um, I fully believe that, that people can um, go through a lot of personal growth and that they can make positive changes in their own life. Mm -hmm. 9.9 .9 times out of a 10, a leopard still stays a leopard, and that's who they're going to be for the rest of their lives, is they're going to be a leopard. Uh, and so instead of trying to change them, I, I instead change me, and I work from a place of understanding a little bit more about their motivations and about why they do what they do and why they say what they say. And then I put up boundaries for, for my own heart's protection. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really, really important because, you know, a lot of our, if we have high schoolers and students here that are listening, you know, they may be in a relationship right now that they can't get out of. I mean, you can get out of most any relationship other than your family and sometimes a relationship with, I guess, a teacher if you're in school, but it can be really frustrating for me as a school counselor to see a student really struggling in a relationship with a, a parent, you know, a mom or a stepdad or, or a sibling that is really, you know, objectively really toxic. It's hard to watch them and know that they can't leave that relationship. You know, they can't be like, Hey, no, yeah, you're, we're, we're just not going to talk. Um, <clears throat> but in some ways those boundaries become things like, you know, okay, if my dad is not a safe space to talk about my, mistakes or my fears, you know, if he's going to use those against me in an abusive way, then maybe I just can't be that open with him about those things. Maybe I have to get that relationship from someone else in my family or another trusted um, adult in some ways. Yeah, exactly. Or if, if you have a parent who 
just has an addiction. I mean, that's a really hard space to be in if you have a parent who has an addiction because their addiction in a lot of ways is more important to them than, than you are. Yeah. Um, and so for me, uh, coming from a family that has struggled with addiction, I've had to just realize, okay, this person says one thing and hopefully they mean what they say, but probably they don't. So I'm not going to be fully invested in our get together until I know that it's actually going to happen and we're face to face. That's a really good one because yeah, it's a lot of those, um, a lot of relationship issues, toxic relationship issues can come definitely from an addiction of some sort. And, you know, you can't, you can't always believe an addict. You, you can't always, and they can't always believe themselves. I mean, I think sometimes truly in the moment they do believe, uh, and I'm not talking about an addict in recovery, but an addict who's in the throes of, use. You know, sometimes they just think, okay, I, I really do have a handle on this. I really am going to change. And then, you know, but it's like you said, anybody, whether it's addictions or any, any number of things, you have to want to change and not everybody wants to. I mean, otherwise my counseling office would be just like totally full. There'd be a thousand counselors on every corner because if every person wanted to change, they just they just would, but not every person wants to, not every person wants to invest that really hard work in trying to change. And so, you know, like you said, yeah, you have to kind of change yourself and say, I'm not going to, um, and I guess change yourself, maybe it's kind of a strong term, but adapt in some ways mm -hmm. to protect yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's okay to have boundaries with those people and it doesn't have to be a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction. Maybe it's video games or gambling or, somebody who is just using their work, you know, their, their job as a place where they're investing all of their time and their energy for, because for whatever reason, it is too painful to, to be in close relationship with family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing that I always tell my clients is that we can't, we can't do the work for other people, you know, and I think that's kind of been our theme as we've chatted today. You can't do the other, the work for the other person. You can't change the other person. They have to be willing to do that themselves. And so in the meantime, you have to work on yourself and work on what you can manage in that relationship in a really healthy way. Because I mean, what do you think are some of the, the long-term effects of staying in a toxic relationship too far, NJ? Um, well, I think that one of the most harmful things about staying in a long-term toxic relationship is that it can really do a lot to our own feelings of self-worth. Mm -hmm. um, if we are constantly around somebody who, when we, after we spend time with them, we leave that time together feeling shame or disgust or, um, just not happy with who we are because that person has fed us lies. Um, I think that's, that's a really hard thing to, to recover from sometimes because once those thoughts and those lies of shame or whatever get into our head, like they come up again and again. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to shake that. If you get yourself trained in that kind of mindset long-term, you begin to 
that toxicity begins to translate over into other areas of your life too and other relationships really in a, a sneaky little slippery slope kind of way. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, MJ, you have been such a delight today. I knew you would have such great words of wisdom for our audience. And I, I think that, you know, there are so many takeaways here today. I can't wait to hear the feedback from our audience about this. And I can't wait for them to reach out to you at, um, especially on Instagram. That's what our audience really tends to love. So guys, it's remember it's at a cookie before dinner and that's the letter B and the number four. Um, and NJ, do you have any um, parting thoughts for the group that you want to um, share with them or anything that you're working on that you want them to know about? Just any details? Um, no, I have, I always have a couple of secret things in the works, but nothing that I'm really getting out in the open with um, too much. Uh, I just, I do want to say that you you do you the best that you can and you own your life. Nobody else owns your life except for you. And that's a really powerful thing if you think about it. And we all have um, the power to say no. Um, we don't have to agree to be friends with somebody that is making us feel bad about ourselves. We can say, you know what? I love you so much. I value um, the times that we had together that were enjoyable, but I'm not willing to be part of this relationship anymore. And then just, then just block them on all social media and block their calls and, <laughs> and be done with it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens, right? That's as far as a practical step, I'm a big believer in the blocking, you know, like if I can't trust myself to not look at this person's toxic posts on Facebook, I'm going to block them or I'm at least going to keep them out of my newsfeed. Um, I'm not going to take those midnight calls that are uh, desperate and, you know, grabby for lack of a better word. Yeah. I think that's amazing. That's amazing advice, NJ. Well, NJ, thank you so much for being here today. This has just been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you hang on the line just one minute. Um, and guys, I just want to encourage you to really digest and take in what NJ and I have talked about today. In fact, you may even want to give this episode a second listen so that you can really evaluate and figure out what are those relationships in your life that are not working for you, that are toxic because they make you feel badly about yourself afterwards, because they make you make poor decisions. And I want you to evaluate where you want to be in the future and whether those relationships are actually going to help you get there. And if they're not, then maybe you're looking at a toxic relationship and maybe it's time to make some changes like we've mentioned today. So as always, guys, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. And I want to encourage you, as I always do, to remember to live your life on purpose.